Greetings, Cincinnati. It's 2 o'clock. You're listening to what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. It's 2 o'clock. Time for the Late Late Show. This is Ed Clayton speaking. And you know, if I were a plastic surgeon, I would totally put a squeaky toy in every breast implant. That's just how I roll. Roll them, Charlie! Cincinnati, this is Bob Shreve, and if you're a late-night comedy buff like myself, you have found just the right place to be. Welcome to The Late Late Show. It's a radio program that pushes the limit of good taste over the edge and, of course, right out the window. And as your host, a man whose personality has been patented as a form of birth control, a man who last used his library card to deceive something, Ed Clayton. A notice of caution... Due to the nature of the aforementioned programmers, absolutely no one but the severely deranged should attend. However, all rules of order shall be observed until 5 a.m., so please do not try these jokes at home as they are performed by seasoned professionals who know how to dodge vegetables. And remember, friends, no flash prisoners will be taken during this performance. And now for your listening irritation, the Late Late Show... In mono, where available. Thank you. And thank you, Bob. Yes, friends, either intentionally or on purpose, you've stumbled upon to The Late Late Show. Glad to have you on board. I'm Ed Clayton. And I'll be running this crap show for the next three hours, so... (laughs) Ah, friends, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Fourth of July! I'm not even really totally sure what to play, but uh, I have given this zero thought. So I'm just, uh, I'm pretty much just going to wing it this week, and uh, hope I've learned how to fly. Uh, Before we uh, totally go down the drain, I need to tell you that WAIF, as a community radio station, serves only to open its airwaves to responsible divergent points of view. Then there's this program. The opinions expressed during this program do not reflect the views of WAIF, its staff, strep, fungus, or ever-beloved and highly esteemed Board of Trustees. God bless you and the horses you rode in on. Fabulous work you're doing. No, friends, the opinions expressed are mine and mine alone, but they are growing legs. Also, pay particularly careful attention to this one. The Late Late Show, if performed correctly, will contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended, thank your folks for raising a wimp. But if you can't take the heat, you can always leave the kitchen, turn the radio off, tune away, get out of here, and return to WAIF at 5 a.m. when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. All right, friends, uh, numbers to call here at the station. Flashing right there at the bottom of your radio. Hope you enjoy them. 513-961-8900. And you can always log on to www.waferadio.org. All righty then. 
Now, friends, uh, stick around. We have uh, much, much to come your way. Uh, it only gets stranger from here on out, you know, so uh, stick around. You never know what's going to happen. Neither do I, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's what one of the things that makes America great. You know what I mean, Vern? All right, 513-961-8900. Stick around. Welcome to a new way to communicate. A new source of news, information, and computer software. Introducing American Online. Hey, with American Online, I can just point and click. Oh, wait. With American Online, you can send and receive email, even across the Internet. Hey, I've got email. Okay, I open the mailbox. No, that's not it. Maybe I... No. Damn. American Online puts you in touch with information resources all across the country. How do you get this thing... Open! Open! Application in use? What application? I can't even start any application! Call now for your free trial. You'll get free software and 10 hours of free online time your first month, which you can spend trying to figure out how to open your email box. Suck it! Timed out! What does that mean? Jesus, I hate this thing! American Online. It's knowledge. It's power. It sucks! Had enough of all those cop shows? Of course not! That's why you'll love the Cop Channel. Constant cop shows 24 hours a day. Tonight at 8, Time Daily teams up with the world's smartest police dog on Cagney and Lassie. Okay, Prime Ball, hold it right there. All right, all right. I'll do whatever you want. Just keep that drooling mutt away from me. Don't you call my Lassie a mutt? I was talking to the dog. Then at 9, Richard Simmons hits the streets of San Francisco as an undercover cop in an all-new dragnet. Up against the wall and spread him, bucko. At 10 o'clock, he's bad, he's blue, and he's taking Sesame Street back from the bad guys. He's the rookie monster. Hold right there, creep. Me see you. Drop cookie and move away from jar. Uh-oh. So come check out the lineup tonight on the Cop Channel. Constant cop shows 24 hours a day. It's positively arresting. Introducing the all-new 24-hour fitness. Wow, now I can work out anytime I want. No, now you will work out 24 hours a day. Huh? Now that you can buy fast food 24 hours a day, you'll need to work out 24 hours a day. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Hour one, the treadmill. Hour two, weight training. Hour three... Hey, hey, slow down. Cardio workout. Oh, man. And on and on and on for an entire 24 hours, seven days a week. Oh. The 24-hour fitness center. Please stop. Now... Who wants a double cheeseburger? No, 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 no burger. No, no, please. From the makers of Gia Pets and the Clapper comes the all-new Gia Clapper. Just and... Wow, look, it's growing grass. The Gia Clapper. You no longer have to wait for days and days to see grass growing out of your Gia. Just and... Now it has hair. And now it doesn't. The Gia Clapper. Making stuff for people who don't know any better. 
You know, taking care of your lawn these days sure seems complicated. Big trucks, fancy service contracts, dangerous chemicals. It all seems so unnecessary, especially now when you can call on something as easy and natural as Kim Dog. Each week, the Kim Dog will personally inspect your lawn. For weeds and crabgrass, he'll spray liquid formula number one. And for those patches where grass just don't seem to grow, your Kim dog will apply a special layer of formula number two. Ooh, boy, watch your step. That's all natural fertilizer. So if your lawn's looking kind of shaggy, unleash the Kim dog. We may not be the best, but we sure got a leg up on the competition. Oh, not on my shoe. Kim dog. Bad dog. Kim dog. Hey, Joy Gridnick here. Ed is off and armed, dangerous, and off his medication. Then, of course, I'll be out of here, and you'll be stuck with Ed. Joy Gridnick on Ed's show. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Where the showbiz gets on my nerves is when I go to a sporting event. I want sports. I don't want the showbiz crap. Instead, you know, the people that sing the national anthem, they're the real showbiz people. They know the producers are in the audience, so they do their interpretation of the Star Spangled Banner. They think it's their big audition piece. They're going to get a record out of the national anthem. This is what it's like if a guy has his big break in front of Dodger Stadium. It goes something like this. Let's say Lovemaster has his big shot at singing the national anthem at Dodger Stadium. It goes something like this. Whoa, whoa, say Whoa, whoa, say Whoa, whoa, say Can you You see it, baby? It's right over there by the dawn's early. Oh, what's so, what's so, rally me, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the twilight's last gleaming. Who brought stripes? Who brought them, baby? Who brought the stripes and bites off? I have no idea what a red pot is. But we watch world so gallantly streaming. Yeah, let me hear you say, yeah. Yeah. Red the rockets, red blood. Those birds are the best in the dearest thin That our flag, our own flag, my good friend Betsy Ross's flag was still there. Come on, Betsy, walk nasty for the love. Yeah, I got your flag pole, run it up. Yeah, bring it home now, whole state of that song. 
the Senate Saloon, the Comedian of the United States. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Mr. Speaker, yes, thank you, thank you. Mr. Speaker, members of the House, members of the Cabinet, ladies and chumps, it is with great pride that I stand up before you do and come to the podium to deliver the annual State of the Humor Address. And I am happy to report that this has been one of the funniest years to date. Reports from those of you who have been dating reaffirm that laughter remains the most fun you can have with your clothes on. The amount of clothing to be worn while laughing is optional and shall remain so as long as I am comedian of these United States of America. Thank you. Thank you so very much. A long time ago, she was a virgin land. She offered her honor we honored her offer. And for the last 200 years, it's been honor and offer. I am proud to report that the New York Joke Exchange is at its highest volume in more than a decade with more than 12 million, but I want to tell you jokes, changing hands in Las Vegas alone. More jokes are working now than ever before. We congratulate you. And I congratulate you too. My funny Americans. My funny Americans, as you know, the road to excess is long and ridiculous. There is much work to be fun. It's going to take a lot of setups, a lot of satire, and a lot of shtick. But if we, together, dedicate ourselves to creating a lot of yucks, guffaws, chortles, chuckles, and giggles, 
Ladies and gymnasts, the future holds nothing but premise. Thank you and get naked. For a free copy of this transcript, send 729 to Prime Prankster, Box 8, MoFo, Missouri. Offer limited, except in Nebraska where it's free. Parts sold separately. Batteries not included. Some assembly required. Your copy may vary, except in Nebraska where it's free. We refuse the right to reserve anyone. A salesman will call. I got it! I got it! Got what? Calm down, Al! I found enough money to keep the government running for 60 more days. Really? Yeah. Look, I got them from Hazel O'Leary's office. $268 million in frequent flyer coupons. Yeah, and now all we have to do is figure out where to cash them. I know. Hillary knows a travel agent back in Little Rock. <laughs> yeah, and Newt says government doesn't work. They say we're wrong, but they don't know Won't find out unless our cover's blown Well, if they just knew all that's true They might want me, but baby, they'll get you Babe They'll get you, babe They'll get you, babe they say back home the money's misspent Oh, other than my allowance, how should I know where it went? I guess that's so, like you didn't smoke pot When it's all over, I'll know who they've got Babe They'll get you, babe They'll get you, babe I... Met flowers in the spring. That's why your nose wears my ring. I may be bad, but you're a clown, and I'll be real sad. Presidents get pardoned and other folks do the hard time. No, babe. They'll get you, babe. They'll get you, babe. They'll get you for that cattle deal. Well, they'll get you for that S and L. They'll get you to take the fifth. Well, they'll get you for that little gift. They'll get you for a travel gate. Paula Jones, I just can't wait. They'll get you, babe. They'll get you, babe. Your signatures are on everything. Well, Jim McDougal was your friend. Yeah, and Webb Hubble was your partner. Oh, 
and you wanted that land deal. I found your fingerprints on those billing records, honey. Oh, well, had any dates lately? Well, at least American people trust uh, me. Ha, that's rich. Huh. They'll get you, babe. They'll get you, babe. They'll get you, babe. This year, give her something special, something unique, something she'll remember for the rest of her life. Yes? Sabina, ma'am. Oh. This year, when she says, you shouldn't have, she'll mean it. They're hand-delivered by an official representative, signed and dated for proof of authenticity. From For Better or For Worse Industries. Sign here. I hear the fans are coming. They're knocking on the door. Back to ask some questions. Yeah, they've been here before. To a wholesome women's prison. That's where I hope she'll be But I hope that's far enough though So she can't torture me When I was just a young man My mama asked me, son She looks kind of shifty Are you sure that she's the one? But I got a man in Reno And she'll just watch her cry Well, I don't like whistle blowing. You know, it works sometimes. Cigars, but I knew she had it coming. I knew she couldn't stay. And those people miss the upside. It helps election day. <laughs> do sometime mm. and that's just another reason to be real tough on
Alright, boy, it's time you watch something educational, like C-SPAN, for instance. Bummer. My fellow Americans, the era of big government is over. Woohoo! Let's tell him the dirty, rotten, no good Republican. What a joke. Watch it, boy. He's the president of our country. Put your hand over your heart or something. That's not your heart. Many people are working harder and taking home less money. <laughs> Listen, he's talking about us. My budget will cut taxes for hard-working Americans. Why don't they just listen to him? See? He wants to help us. He cares. He's a leader. Such he's a... charismatic. He's one of us. He's, he's lying. Oh, but it sounded so good. I'm committed to oh, I'm going to change the channel. Look, Larry, I, look. See, the thing is, I don't want this job. I now have never wanted this job. that's a leader. He's job. one of us. He cares. I can tell. Look at him. Isn't he great? You're hopeless, man. He's honest. He's a man of the people. By the people. For the people. With long sleeves that lace up That's all that's holding me back Oh, white tank coat With long sleeves that lace up They've already tried Prozac But what you told me not too long ago, you supported Prospero. Now I lost my mind, it seems. Shouldn't have told that dropped my dreams. Oh, what? Oh, what? Tank coat. Tank coat. With long sleeves that lace up. And in a foul, foul move. They're holding me back. A white tight coat, long sleeves, that lace up. Well, they've already tried. Roseanne, listen here. Once you told me not too long ago, you would follow Cross Perot. But when I told that not my dreams, he said I'd have to wear this thing. Oh, what? Oh, what? Tank coat. Tank coat. With them long sleeves that lace up. And in a foul, foul move. Okay, you've had your fun. Now get this thing off of me. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, Bob Newhartley. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, many of you may have read The Hidden Persuaders. It's about advertising. And one of the points the book made was that the real danger of the public relations man or the advertising man was that they were creating images. And they felt that in the presidential campaigns, the candidates were really getting...
Um, we have a show in Chicago called The Silent Service, and it's about the submarines and peace and war. They had one on about uh, two weeks ago, and it dealt with this nuclear submarine which went around the world for two years and never pulled into port. It was sort of an endurance test for the sailors <laughs> to, to find out how they would react under, under these situations. And the whole thing was kind of summed up in the last five minutes by the captain of the submarine. And he gave an address to the crew uh, just as they were about to surface after completing this two-year trip. And it went something like this. Uh, uh, men, uh, I know you're all anxious uh, uh, to be reunited uh, with your loved ones, uh, in some cases your wives. <laughs> uh, but we have a few moments before we surface, and uh, I've just dotted down some things that I think are, are kind of important. I wouldn't take the time if I didn't. First of all, I, I think we ought to give the cooks a, a standing ovation for the, for the wonderful job they've done. So if you men want to stand now, and let's really hear it for the cooks. Uh, I don't think you men realize the, the difficult problem it is uh, aboard a submarine to... Uh, you men want to stand now uh, for the cooks? <laughs> Come on now, men, let's let bygones be bygones and hear it for the cooks, huh? Look, men, I'm not going to surface until I hear it for the cooks. <laughs> All right, that, that, that's a little better. Uh, today, as we add another glorious page to the history of the USS Codfish... <laughs> I, I think it's important that we reflect on some of the past glories of the codfish. Uh, I don't know how many of you men know this, but the codfish holds a record for the most Japanese tonnage sunk, uh, being comprised of uh, five freighters and uh, 15 aircraft carriers, uh, a truly enviable record. Uh, unfortunately, they were sunk in 1954. <laughs> However, it stands as the, the largest peacetime tonnage ever, ever seen. Uh, our voyage has received a lot of coverage in the newspaper, and uh, I'd like to present our side of it. Uh, I think our firing on Miami Beach uh, can best be termed ill-timed. It, it happened on what they call in the newspaper business a slow news day. And uh, as a result, uh, received uh, a lot more space than I think it, I think it deserved, uh, since it was the off-season down there. Uh, man, I think you'll agree, I've been, I've been pretty lax as far as discipline is concerned, and uh, uh, golly, nobody enjoys a joke more than I do. But I would like the executive officer returned. <laughs> Now, we've looked in the torpedo tubes, uh, we've looked in, in, your, in your bags, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's been over two weeks, man, and I, we're, we're, just, we're just damn lucky that it wasn't a, the navigational officer or someone, someone real important like that. Uh, looking back on the mutiny... Uh, I think a lot of the trouble stemmed from the fact that uh, you men weren't, weren't coming to me with your problems. Uh, as I told you, uh, the door to my office is always open. I think you know why it's always open. That was stolen. I'd like that returned. It looks, it looks like the work of the, the same uh, man. 
since we started the cruise on such a low note, I, I think it's important that we try to end it on a high note. And to me, there is, there is nothing more impressive in the Navy uh, as a submarine breaks water uh, to see a, a bunch of sailors in, in their dress blues uh, as, as they come rushing up out of the... Um, Oh, the, um, oh, that, that hole there. And, and come to a parade rest. This, this to me is one of the, uh, oh, oh, all right. Uh, I, men, I've just been notified uh, that we'll be surfacing in just a moment. And uh, you might be happy to know that you'll be gazing on the familiar skyline of either New York City or Buenos Aires, is that? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't Dismiss me, that's all. And now, time once again for Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today, we salute you, Mr. Bottle Rocket Inventor. Mr. Bottle Rocket Inventor. Thank you for taking the concept of the guided missile and placing it in the hands of children and one-eyed rednecks everywhere. Munitions for the masses. Yes, each burning rooftop and screaming homeowner is like a little thank you note to Thomas Jefferson. Happy flaming forth now. Thanks to your well-designed guidance system, also known as a stick, we can share our holiday spirit with passing cars and even the neighbor's pets. Every cat's a black cat. So go ahead, pat yourself on the back as we throw your product in the air, then run like hell as it chases us across the lawn. Take pride as we stand in the emergency room, cursing your inconsistent fusing mechanisms. Because after all, Francis Scott Key wrote the words, Bombs bursting in air, not snakes and sparklers fizzling on the driveway. Mr. Battle Rocket Inventor. Muslim Barbie. Hi, I'm Muslim Barbie. Just pull her string and she'll say her thing. I can't read. Oh, Muslim Barbie, she's beautiful. I was beaten by a man with a stick for talking to a grocer. What is feminine hygiene? Wait a minute, I'm not even supposed to talk to you. Muslim Barbie. Osama Ken Laden sold separately. For people who just don't understand Bluetooth. Dang, where do I plug it in? Comes an even simpler technology. Honey, bring me that remote control, would you? No tooth. What's that ringing sound I keep hearing? There it is again. Got it. No tooth technology. When Bluetooth is just too much to comprehend. Let me put you on hold there, feller. There, now he's on hold. Do you hopes to be getting a big-ass meal at a fly price? Right now, you and your posse could be snacking for under $7. No shit. McDonald's presents the big mother Get the big mother with a bottle of Colt 45, chitlins, pig's feet, on a cornbread biscuit with a big old bucket of gravy. This be cheaper than two hits of crack. And so good, you'll be saying dog did somebody be saying mcdonald's you're damn right mcdonald's we loves it when you be smiling your body's 
records you've seen his films. You've even purchased the Dayglow Velvet Memorial paintings of the gas station. As a true Elvis fan, you think you've heard it all. But wait, there's more. Now you can buy secret recordings of Elvis's last telephone conversations. Yes, it's the Elvis tapes. Hello, baby. This is Elvis. And I want you to come over right now and make me a big peanut butter and then a sandwich. A peanut butter and a then a sandwich with a good me through the night. You'll hear Elvis in his most intimate moments. Hello, peace of man, peace of Yeah, this is the Elvis. I want you to bring me over a couple of large pies. Don't make it, make it three. Don't make it six, double cheese. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm alone. And I'm hungry. And you'll hear Elvis reveal how he really feels about the one true love of his life. I want you back. I want you back in my life, baby. And on your way back, would you pick up some donuts, please? Big jelly, cream donuts. Crawless cheese, Danish, too. I love my big honey glazed donuts. Without them, I can't do... The Elvis Tapes. Oh, give me, give me, give me, give me more donuts. Available now in drugstores everywhere. I love to eat, I love to eat, let me more... Yes, my friends, what you heard was uh, Bob Newhart, the cruise of the USS Codfish, a little bit of Paul Shanklin from the album The Comeback Kid, Kippadotta, the state of the humor address, and Craig Shoemaker, Love Master, singing the national anthem, began the Late Late Show on this 4th of July. My friends, we need to take care of some... Uh, very serious business here. Let's take care of some pubic cervix announcements. I'll rip these off of the handy-dandy bathroom-type dispenser roll. Ah, my friends, the Catholic Extension helps provide Bibles to impoverished parishes throughout the United States. Through the generosity of many donors, it is possible to distribute Bibles to children, shut-ins, migrant workers, Native Americans, and others living in extreme poverty, much like yours truly. If you would like to help, please contact the Catholic Extension at 800-842-7804. And my friends, overwhelmed with all of the college planning, well, GetSchooled.com is here to help. It's free, easy to use, and available on your phone. Check it out at GetSchooled.com for help with college applications and the FAFSA. Brought to you by the Ad Council and WAIF Cincinnati. And underwriting is a great way to help get your business message out there. And WAIF can help. Call one of our underwriting experts today at 961-8900. They will guide you through the process of underwriting. It's easy and the rates will not affect your budget. You'll be helping your business and WAIF 88.3, what radio is meant to be. Which leads me into a segue. We have an underwriter. Yes, Vibe In. 
presents a day party with DJ and art show. 3 to 6 p.m. on July 22nd, comedy show titled The Funniest Place in Town, featuring Double D and Leon Rogers, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. It'll be at the Williams Francis Center, 6819 Vine Streets in Cincinnati. Ask about the VIP special. For more information, you can call Mona at 804-687-9233, Reginald Joyner at 513-846-0989, or you can always call Ron Williams at 513-252-6248. That's Vibe In, July 22nd, beginning at 3 and running till 9.30 at the Williams Francis Center, 6819er Vine Street. Ask about the VIP special. Thank you, Vibin. Stick around, friends. We got more stuff headed your way. It's a full-fledged liberal. Out the door. Out the door. Let me get this one, Dad. All right, steady. Yes, hunting the wild, raving liberal is just one of the swell things you can do at George Bush Gardens. George Bush Gardens. You want rides? Well, George Bush Gardens has them. There's the Pirates of HUD over in Scandal Land, the Civil Rights Carousel. We've got that one running backwards. And, oh, here comes my favorite, Bush Mountain, the world's only flat roller coaster. Oh, there's Danny the Clown. <laughs> I'm the vice president, you know. <laughs> what a bozo. So visit George Bush Gardens. Come wrapped in an American flag and get in for half price. George Bush Gardens, every day seems like four years. George Bush Gardens, where every day seems like four years. Off Interstate 95 in Kennebunkport. I've got some power. Yes, I've had my fill. Now I've got an inconvenient bill. I'm Big Al Gore, the rapping cracker, paying 30,000 smackers. I guzzle power. Yeah, I get my fill. 20 times more than your bill. Against emissions, I will fight. I'm a hunk of bird and cellulite. I guzzle power. Burn my lights till I'm down. Borrow my clothes from the Michelin Man. Give me an audience. I'll sedate it. My Oscar, I already ate it. I guzzle power. Global warming hits hard. I ain't no alarmist tub of lard. Telling you to conserve your share, but in my mansion, I don't care. I guzzle power. I'd kiss a whale or hug flipper. Consume power with my wife Tipper. Dig my fat waistline expansion. I really sit around my mansion. Juice up, yo. I guzzle power. My servants and my maids cool off in my body shade. When I preach about warm ice caps, audiences take naps. I guzzle power. Storms get a great big push from evil George W. Bush. He sent a storm to New Orleans with his big hurricane machine. I guzzle power. When I preach, they put on my muzzle. Turns out I'm the one that likes to guzzle. I'm so fat, my body sweats the load. I even have my own zip code. I guzzle power. I'm so fat, ain't no typo. Tipper tried to give me lipo. I'm Al G out, yo, telling you, do as I say, not as I do. Yo, turn off your emissions and tell your homeboys. I guzzle power. Word, 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 word. 
From the makers of Prison Camp Survivor and the Afghanistan Dating Game comes the all-new reality TV show, Joe Dictator. These 20 women, actually 15 women, two midgets, two lesbians, four transsexuals, and one camel will think they're getting it all. Fame, fortune, and a country if they can win the heart of Joe Dictator. But Joe has a secret. A secret they will find out. See what happens when famous celebrities like Barbara Streisand, Rosie O'Donnell, Gwyneth Paltrow, RuPaul, Gary Coleman, and Cher battle to win the heart of Saddam Hussein. But what they don't know is that they are schlepping with Saddam's body double, Ralph, the part-time janitor at Gyro Hut. Tune in tonight at 8 p.m. on Schlocks. I gotta start eating right. My chest is getting tight. My cholesterol count is going off the chart. Bumping and bumping. I'm not feeling too good. I think I might buy the farm. Hi, I'm Daryl Hall. And you know, even though my hair looks really good and I got a great bod and all the women really love me, I got a problem. High cholesterol. So that's why I eat this new Hollow Note brand cereal. Every tasty little flake is shaped just like my partner John, except they're bigger and they don't hold back my career. Anyway, before you've lost that living feeling, rock and roll with a healthy bowl of Hollow Note brand. Hey, it's the only thing I like better than me. Oh, try a bowl. Add some milk and chew it up. Try some Hollow Note. Be a brand. Hall and Oat Brand Cereal, from the makers of Guns and Raisins. Hey. Want to hear something? Yeah. You know that Indians never ate clams? <laughs> they didn't have linguine. And so what happened was that clams was allowed to grow unmolested in the coastal waters of America for millions of years. And they got big. And I ain't talking about clams in general. I'm talking about each clam. Right. How could you have each one generally? I guess you could. But it wouldn't be like a what I mean. I mean, each one was a couple of million years old or older. So imagine how big they could have got. Bigger than this whole room. And when they get that big, God gives them little feet so that they can walk around easier. And when they get feet, they get dangerous. I'm talking about real dangerous. I ain't talking about just sitting there under the water waiting for you. I'm talking about coming after you. Imagine being on the, one, of them, one of them boats, you know, coming over to discover America, like Columbus or something, standing there at night, on watch. Everybody else is drunk or asleep. And you're watching for America. And the boat's going up and down. And you don't like it anyhow. Because you don't know where this Columbus dude knows where he's going or what. And you got to stand there and watch for what. Only he knows. And he ain't watching. You hear the waves lapping against the side of the ship. 
The moon's going behind a cloud. You hear the pitter-patter of little footprints on deck. Is that you, kids? It ain't. My God. It's a humongous, giant clam. Imagine them little feet coming on deck. A clam twice the size of a ship. Feet first. You're standing there, shivering with fear. You grab one of these. This is a belaying pen. They used to have these stuck in holes all around the ship. Probably didn't know what this is for. You probably had an idea, but you're wrong. They used to have these stuck in the holes all along the sides of the ship everywhere. You wouldn't know what this is for unless you was that guy that night. I mean, you grab this out the hole and you run on over there. Bam, bam, on them little feet. And back into the ocean and go hurt beneath the feet of Jamong, this giant clam, ready to strike again when the opportunity was better. You know that not even the coastal villages were safe from them big clams. You know them clams had a them big clams had an inland range of about fifteen miles. <laughs> Think of that. I mean, the early pioneers and the settlers they built little houses all up and down the coast. You know, little inland stuff like that. And they didn't have houses like what we got now with bathrooms and stuff. They built little privies out back. And late at night, maybe a kid'd have to go, and he'd go stomping out there in the moonlight. And I, all they'd hear for miles around would be one big... <laughs> one less kid for America. And one more smiling, smirking. Full. Humongous, giant clam. So Americans built forts. You've seen them forts. You know, you pictures of them forts with the wooden points all around. You probably thought them points was for Indians. But that's stupid. Because Indians knew about doors. But clams didn't. So even if a clam knew about a door, so what? A clam couldn't fit in a door. I mean, he comes stomping up to a fort at night, put them feet on them points and jump back, crying tears coming out of them everywhere. But Americans couldn't live in forts forever. I mean, couldn't just build one big fort all around America. How would you go to the beach? So what they did was they formed groups of people. I mean, they had people all up and down the coast formed these little alliances. Like up north, it was called the Clamshell Alliance. And farther down south, it's called the Catfish Alliance. They had these alliances all the way up and down the coast defending themselves against these threatening monsters, these humongous giant clams. And they'd go out there. If there was maybe 15 of them, they'd be singing songs in 15-part harmony. And when one part disappeared, that's where they knew the clam would be. Which is why Americans only sing in four-part harmony to this very day. That proved to be too dangerous. See, what they did was they'd be singing these songs called clam shanties. 
And they'd have these big spears called clampoons. And they'd be walking up and down the beach. And what the method they eventually devised where they'd have this guy, the most strongest, heavy-duty, true blue American, courageous type dude they could find. And they'd have him out there walking up and down the beach all by himself with 14 other chicken dudes hiding behind the sand dunes somewhere. He'd be singing the verses. They'd be singing the chorus. And clams would hear him. And clams hate music. So clams would come out the water. And they'd come after this one guy. And all you'd see pretty soon was flying all over the sand, flying up and down the beach. Man, man, clam, clam, man, man, clam, man, clam, clam, man. Up and down the beach, going this way, that way, up the hills, and the water, out the water, behind the trees, everywhere. Finally, the man would jump over the big sand dune and roll over the side. The clam would come over the dune, over the hole. Fourteen guys would come out there and stab the shit out of them with their clam poons. That's the way it was. That was one way to deal with them. The other way was to weld two clams together. <laughs> I don't believe it. I'm losing it. Hey, what can you do? <laughs> Another night, shot to hell. Oh, what are you going to do? Hey, this was serious back then. This was very serious. I mean, these songs now are just piddly folk songs, but back then these songs was controversial. These was radical, almost revolutionary songs because times was different and clams was a threat to America. That's right. So we want to sing this song tonight about the one last... I mean, this guy is one of these... See, what they did was, there was one man. He was one of these men. His name will always be remembered. His name was Reuben Clamso. And he was one of the last great clam men there ever was. He stuck the last clam stab, the last clam phone, into the last clam that was ever seen on this continent. No one he'd be out of work in an hour. They did it anyway. So that you and me could go to the beach in relative safety. That's right. Made America safe. For the likes of you and me. And so we sing this song in his memory. He went into whaling like most of those guys did. Then he got out of that when he died. But, you know, clams is much more dangerous than whales. Clams can run in the water, on the water, or on the ground. And they're so big sometimes that they could jump and they could spread their kind of shells and kind of almost fly like a, one of those flying squirrels. It's true. You could be standing there thinking you're perfectly safe and all of a sudden, what? And so, here's, this is the song of 
this guy by the name of Reuben Clamzo. And what the song takes place right after he stabbed his clam, and the clam is going through his kind of death dance over in the side somewhere, and uh, Reuben goes into that's the song starts there and it goes into wailing and takes you through the next. I sing the part of the guy on the beach by himself. I go like this. Oh, poor old Reuben Clamzo. And you go, Clamzo, boys, Clamzo. That's the part of the 14 chicken dudes over on the side. <laughs> Just Clamzo, boys, Clamzo. That's what they used to sing. They'd be calling these clams out of the water. By taunting them, making fun of them, you know. Clams on, boys, clams on. Clams would get real mad and come out. <laughs> That's true. Okay, here we go. I want you to sing it in case you ever have an occasion to join such an alliance. You know, some of these alliances are still around. Still defending America against things like them clams. And if you ever wants to join one, now you have some historic background. So you know where these guys are coming from. It's not just some 60s movement or something. I mean, these things go back a long time. That's right. So here we are. Clams, oh boys, clams, oh. It's the hardest thing you'll have to do all night. <clears throat> clams, oh boys, clams, oh. Let's do it again. I'll sing my part and I'll sing your part so that you know that it's your part. <coughs> oh, poor old Reuben Clamzo. Clamzo, boys, Clamzo. That's great. Now we go to the hard parts. Pay attention. I go like this. Oh, poor old Reuben Clamzo. And you go. Clamzo, me boys, Clamzo. Notice the distinction you're going to have to make now between the first and easy Clamzo Boys Clamzo and then the more complicated Clamzo Me Boys Clamzo. It's hard to sing folk songs. I mean, just walk into a place somewhere, lights shining on you, microphone, all kinds of stuff around, plugged in, out. Everything. But the one thing that's not there is the realness of what it must have been like to sing these songs 200 years ago today. I mean, being out there on the beach with the fear of the clam in your heart. That's how these songs were sung. And so we provide a little bit of atmosphere. So if you half closed your eyes, you could almost imagine yourself out there on the beach right now. Singing this song with fear in your heart, but calling that clam out. You chicken clam! <laughs> Stay serious. Folk songs are serious. That's what Pete Seeger told me. <clears throat> Carlo. <laughs> I only want to tell you one thing Folk songs are serious 
I said, right. So here we go. Let's do it in C. Bring it up to C, the plan. Bring it down. Is that, what's that? B? Let's do it in B. B for... Boy! That's a big clam. <laughs> Let's do it in G. Or G. I hope that big clam don't see me. Let's do it in F. For he sees me. Let's do it back in A. For A. A clam is coming. <laughs> Better get the song done quick. Clams <clears throat> mm. up, boys, clams up. Clams me, boys, clams up. Just keep doing that. Story of Reuben Clamso and his strange daughter in the key of A. <laughs> oh, poor old Reuben Clamso. Clamso, boys, Clamso. Oh, poor old Reuben Clamso. Clamso, me boys, Clamso. Oh, Reuben was no sailor. Clamso, boys, Clamso. So we shipped him on a whaler. Clamso, me boys, Clamso. Because he was no beauty. Clamso, boys, Clamso. Because he was so dirty Clamso boys, Clamso We gave him five and thirty Clamso me boys, Clamso Oh, Reuben Clamso's daughter Clamso boys, Clamso She met the dead for mercy Clamso me boys, Clamso She buried him wine and water Clamso boys, Clamso And a bit more than she Clams on me boys, clams on Well, he got his seaman's papers Clams on boys, clams on He's a terror to the whalers Clams on me boys, clams on And he sells where the whalefish blow Clams on boys, clams on As the hardest bastard on the go Clams on me boys, clams on Oh, poor old Reuben, clams on Clams on boys, clams on Oh, poor old Reuben, clams W-A-I-F Cincinnati, what you just heard... The story of Reuben Clamzo and his strange daughter in the key of A, that was Arlo Guthrie. Yes, friends. And uh, that was pretty much it. <laughs> Stick around, friends. More to come your way only on the Late Late Show, 88.3 FM, WAIF, Cincinnati. And once again, friends, portions of this program 
if performed correctly, will contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. If you are easily offended, this would make a terrific time to exit stage right and return to WAIF. At 5 a.m., when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present, open your Bible. All right, friends, uh, stick around. Much more to come your way on this 4th of July on the Late Late Show. Ed Clayton here. Stick around, friends. You just... <laughs> Well, we could go off half-cocked in any direction. Sometimes with me being in this chair, it's like giving a drunken monkey a loaded gun. Hey, Joy Gridnick here, talking about Ed Clayton's show. You know, Ed's not a pheasant feather plucker or a feather plucker's son, but he can pluck a pheasant feather until a feather plucker comes. <laughs> that's right. But that's all he can do. You are evil, and you must be destroyed. Hello, uh, Bill Jefferson Clinton speaking. Can I help you? Hello, Bill, this is Al. Listen, I I read this story in the in the paper, and I is this true? Well, um, yeah, um, it's true. I can't believe you did that. I know. Um, you know, Yasser Arafat waiting in the Rose Garden. It seems a little strange, I guess. Um, that's disgusting. Well, you know, it was her and I and. We were both consenting adults, and, and you know, Al, that's part of my private life that I... I don't mean that. I mean encouraging a young person to use tobacco. How could you? Using soldiers, what a guy. When he's called to testify. Who knows where we'll be sent today All because of a black beret DNA upon a dress Wars declared on terrorists Hundreds more rolled in the hay But only one or a black beret Back at home A nation waits For honest men To seal his fate Till then they'll hear Of lurid waits From the gal With a black beret DNA Upon her dress a separate of evidence For hundreds more Roll in the hay Only one For Black Welcome to C-SPAM Book Quotes. Today we have with us James Carville with his new book, And the Bus I Came In On. Welcome to C-SPAM, James Carville. Well, thank you for inviting me. One could infer from the title, this is the story of your journey to Washington and your experiences along the way. This ain't no story. It's a truth. So it's non-fiction. It's about Ken Starr and his minions out to get the president for partisan reasons. 
How long did it take to write and the bus I came in on? Oh, I don't know, about, about an hour and a half. Uh, Mary helped me with uh, spelling and everything, but I wrote every last word. Many writers find it useful to keep a journal as they write. Did you use this technique? What for? Well, uh, <clears throat> Ken Starr is the most evil, diabolical, wordless human being on this planet. See here? There's this picture right here on the cover. And he would be the one smiling with the Eagle Scout uniform and the puppy on his lap? Now, don't let that fool you, because under that smile and long list of honors and accomplishments is a despicable, cruel, heartless inquisitor using Gestapo tactics and a big crystal ball to take down the greatest president of this century. So the readers of your book would sense some hostility toward Mr. Starr. Can I get it through your head? I hate his guts. I hate him. I hate his dog. I hate his mama. He's been spending forty million dollars of your money, and don't you you don't know why I hate Ken Star? What rock you been living under for the last five years? He's probably recording us right now. Thank you Test. for joining One, us two, three, for Test. book quotes Test. on C-SPAN. <laughs>
Los Alamos National Laboratory Nuclear Weapons Design Facility. To reach Mr. Chin, press 1. To reach Mr. Wong, press 2. To reach Mr. Lee, press 3. Ah, uh, hello. This is Wen Ho Lee. I am either away from my desk or at the copy machine or at a long-distance phone call to a good friend back home. Uh, please leave a message and I will return your call as soon as possible. To leave a message, please press 1. To hear this message in Chinese, please press 2. For security, please press 3. Ah, uh, hello. This is Wen Ho Lee. I am either away from my desk or at the copying machine or on a long-distance phone call to a good friend back home. Uh, please leave a message. And... I am the future. I'm confident. I'm proud of who I am. I'm happy. I love myself. I'm independent. I have self-worth. I'm under arrest. Huh? The National Education Association's Council on Self-Esteem, helping young people across America discover their future. Warm through a potter at the canter jail, all because the voter rolls were going stale. Volunteers should register every single man. That's a cornerstone of our brand new plan. Let's vote. Everybody should vote. Bringing forms by the bag to tote. We are going for the jailhouse vote. Republicans are saying that it isn't fair. Another way to show they just don't care. Rainbow coalitions ready for the fight. It's more criminal to be on the right. Let's vote. Everybody should vote. Even felons should be welcomed into our boat. We are going for the jailhouse vote. We have all done things we are not proud of. What we need to show now is brotherly love. That man is not in jail for selling tons of crack. I think we all know it's because he's black. Let him vote. Come on and let him vote. Let's stop what happened. This is not a joke. Let's give them all the jailhouse vote. Misfortunate ones who yearn to breathe free Disenfranchised voters are the victims, we can agree Forget about their mothers, rape and robberies Come on, hold hands and sing with me Let's vote Kumbaya and let's vote I was singing with a lump in my throat When we win for them, the jailhouse vote As I'm saying, the inmates want to Steal and connive, but like our president, they have only fun to survive. We want to put voting booths in cell number five, and that's how we plan to keep hope alive. Devil. Everybody should vote. Gonna give GOP a stroke. And when we beat them with the jailhouse vote, I smack them with the jailhouse vote. Whack them with the jailhouse vote. I choke them with the jailhouse vote. Somebody, repeat after me. I am somebody. No, I am somebody. Much better. New 
from Crapital Classics. Browns, Romans, countrymen, let me all yes. The James Carville Shakespeare Treasury. I come to beg, can't stop, not to praise him. New contemporary interpretations of these timeless classics. Get thee glass eyes, and like a scurvy politician, seem to see the things that thou dost not. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about that Ken Starr right over there. I'm talking the about the James Carville Shakespeare Treasury, a 17-volume set that your family will cherish for generations. Let loose the dogs of war. That's what I want to let loose the dogs of war to deal with that dog Ken Starr. Hour after hour, day after day, of the unique James Carville interpretation. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in ourselves. It's in Ken Starr. The James Carville Shakespeare Treasury, the perfect gift for those with a lot of time on their hands. Susan McDougal, she don't even got that nine. Well, I would like to add nothing but skin of bones out there trying to make a living. From Classics, available wherever this collection is sold.
got to save us, John Wayne's gone. Everybody's picking on the NRA. Tell them guns made America great. Guns made America great. And now it's gone. 
Listen, my name is R.D. Mercer. My wife was down there at y'all's bank down there at Admiral and Memorial there yesterday. Yes, sir. In that far left-hand lane over there. In the drive-in lane? Yeah, in the drive-up window. Okay. And she was standing there, wasn't paying any attention, and had her hand out the window, and that teller lady opened that drawer up and chewed up a middle finger on her left hand over there. Oh, Mr. Mergell, I'm so sorry. It's Mercer. It's M-E-R-C-E-R. M-E-R-C-E-R? Yeah. She was in the first lane that's closest to the building. Yeah, with that drawer come out there. Tore the, tore the nail back to the quick there on her middle finger. Oh, Mr. Mercer, has she been to a doctor? Well, she didn't have to go to no doctor. We put a little mercurochrome on there and a bandage. And, but I'll tell you what the problem is there is that, that uh, she does most of the work in my family. I'm retired. Right. And she makes them Indian dream catchers and rain sticks. You know, we sell them out there at the corner off 193rd Street. Now, what are those? Well, it's a, them Indian dream catchers in big circles that weaving things oh. through there with their little feathers hanging off of them. I, I know. I know what you're talking about. And then about. rain sticks. She hollers out a little bird's limb, puts some ball bearings down in there when you flip it up and down, saying like a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And, and we get most of our income from that. That and a little. I got a rent house in Gore. I make a little money off that. But I tell you, we're down for a while till that finger heals up. So it's a little bit more in the bandage and mercurochrome. We we kind of cut our income by about half over the next couple of weeks till that damn thing heals up. What were the? I, I'm not having been there, Mr. Mercer. I don't know what what happened. What? Well, can you tore, tell me what happened? Well, by God, it just tore the nail right off her middle finger when that drawer come open. Smashed it right up against the truck there, the side mm-hmm. of the truck. And I tell you, the bad thing about it too is that she's choir director down at the church. Mm-hmm. And that, that left hand, that's her directing hand. And every time she brings in the altos, they think that she's flipping them off. Oh, boy. Well, that ain't a very good situation to be in. Right, know. right. But she, at, at this point, Mr. Mercer, she has not gone to the doctor. No, there ain't going to be no doctor. In fact, I'm thinking of somebody down there, and it may be you that's going to go to the doctor, because I, I don't get some money out of this thing. Somebody's going to get an ass whooping. Well, Mr. Mercer, it sounds like that she's... She's really, she, from what you described, she suffered a, an injury. And well, she done it. Let me do this, Mr. Mercer. Where? Give me telephone number where no, you are. No, I done talked to about four people there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the last person I talked to, and I ain't going to talk to nobody else. Okay, but what I'm going to do, Mr. Mercer, I'll is... tell you what. Why don't you, because I figured it out, and okay. we make about 200 a week off them sales of them dream catchers and rain sticks down there. Mm-hmm. 
If you just give me about $200 a week till she heals up and can go to commencing weaving again, then we'll be all right. Okay, I understand. Either that or you're, somebody's going to get an ass whooping. I understand what you're asking, Mr. Mercer. Yeah. We have, as you would expect, being in business, we have insurance for accidents and for problems. I hope that you do because you're going to get an ass whooping and need a little insurance. If you can't give me a check, would you let us set up a stand in your lobby and sell them things out of your lobby or your bank? Mr. Merzo, that wouldn't be possible. Well, We've got a lot of people that, if we did that, we'd have to make that same offer available well, to thousands of people. Well, I tell you what, I got a I got a back bedroom full of stock back there. Why don't you just buy out my stock and give them away when the folks open Christmas club kind of down there? Mm-hmm. Mr. Mercer, what you're asking me to do is see what the bank would be. What I'm asking you to do is try to save yourself an ass whooping. Mr. Mercer, yeah. that's not going to happen. Well, by God, it will if I don't get some satisfaction out of this. How do you expect me to live? I got I got obligations I got to keep up with over here. Cable bill. In fact, the cable man was over yesterday, mm-hmm. threatened to un- unhook the cable. Well, Mr. Mercer, it sounds like you're asking me to give you money or you're threatening me. Is that what's happening here? Let me see. I think that's just exactly what it boils down okay. to. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to carry the conversation any further, Mr. Mercer. Well, now, what are we going to do? Do you want to bring her down there with that? I guarantee you she'll bring down that bandaged finger and, and put a pop knot on your head. Well, I, ho- I hope that doesn't happen, Mr. Mercer. Yeah. Could you just give me some free checks with maybe some Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters on them for my account? Some free checks? Yeah. Y'all charge me every time I get checks down there. What, you want free checks on your account? Well... Like Huckleberry Hound and Is that what you have? Magilla Gorilla. No, that's what I want though. Them are too expensive. I never could afford them. I just got the plain blue ones. I'm sure we could we could arrange giving you some free checks if that's what you want, Mr. Well, Mercer. Well, that'd, that'd be all right too. What's your account number, Mr. Mercer? It's one eight hundred whoop ass. Mr. Mercer, I'm, this is the end of the discussion. Listen, I tell you what. Would you be more willing to listen to this if if you? <laughs> If you knew it was a joke, if, you, if your wife set it up, would you be, I'll tell you what, would you open an account for Phil and Brent down there? <laughs> you guys, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm pretty patient, aren't I? Yeah, you're really impatient. <laughs> I'm going to give myself an A on that one. That was pretty good. You got it. A plus. Good job. That's A for ass whoop. Is what it is. I was going to say, you were pretty wild. I was hoping you weren't real big. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I got me a big old tube sock down here with three rolls of quarters in it, though. Oh, boy, you, I, I was going to tell you I'm about eight feet tall. I thought that will be my last resort. You know, trying to get money out of a banker ain't real easy. No, it's not. <laughs> But them Huckleberry Hound checks will be nice. Well, I tell you what, I think I've got about half a Tulsa in my office right now laughing. <laughs> yeah, your wife started this, then uh, Libby got in on it. My, my, you you're dis- must be describing my ex-wife. Oh, I see. I guess. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, what you and, you and your wife and car and car do. What you just heard, Roy D. Bagot Mercer, <laughs> smooshed hand. Before that, 
Hoyt Axton, along with Arlo Guthrie, deportees. Arlo's gotten more late, late show time than, I don't know, than ever, I think. Pinkerton Bowden, Guns Made America Great, and some Paul Shanklin from the album Simply Reprehensible. Also, Arlo Guthrie again, Ruben Clamzo and a strange daughter in the key of A. Hey. All right, friends, let's take care of some business here. Get some pubic cervix announcements off of the bathroom type dispenser roll. As we quote unquote enjoy the world's worst opera singer, Florence Foster Jenkins. Friends, disaster strikes this country every single day. And twice on Sunday. This means every single night someone needs food, shelter, and a place to rest. Please call the American Red Cross to donate at 1-800-733-2767 or visit the website at www.redcross.org. Also, 70% of Americans have experienced a life-threatening accident or a violent assault. Later, nearly 20% of these survivors experience recurring memories, have difficulty concentrating or sleeping. These are all symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a treatable condition. For more information, call 802-296-6300 or visit the website at www.ptsdinfo.org. Ah. Friends, Sunday evening, Jazz from the Inside, uh, from the Inside Out, actually, uh, offers to the serious-minded listener the legacy that has provided style, passion, and finesse for decades. Listen to classic recordings, interviews, and always the eloquence of this great art form every Sunday evening from 8 to 10. Hosted by John Ridley, that Sunday evening, Jazz from the Inside, right here on 88.3 FM, W-A-I-F Cincinnati And also friends This hour of the Late Late Show Has been underwritten by Vibin They're presenting a day party With DJ and art show 3 to 6 p.m. The comedy show Titled The Funniest Place in Town Featuring Double D and Leon Rogers 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. That'll be on July 22nd at the William Francis Center, 6819 Vine Street, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45216. Ask about the VIP special. For further details, you can call Mona at 804-687-9233, Reginald Joyner at 513-846-0989, or Ron Williams at 513-252-6248. And now, straight from Washington, it's America's favorite TV show... Bowling for Healthcare. And now, here's your host, Mr. Bill Clinton. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Clinton. As you know, the government's having a little trouble getting universal health care off the ground. So this is a show where contestants have an opportunity to win the health care of their choice. Isn't that fabulous? But first, a little background. When I first proposed Hillary's, I mean my health care plan, it certainly took a lot of flack from the conservatives. Believe me, Jupiter's not the only thing that was bashed by a giant chunk of hot, flaming, noxious gas. But let's not talk about Rush Limbaugh. Um, let's get on to Bowling for Healthcare. Our first contestant is George Walensky of Allenstown, Pennsylvania. Tell him what he'll win, Ed. Well, George, you'll be flown first class to Rochester, Minnesota, home of the fabulous Mayo Clinic, where you'll be put up for three glorious days while you recuperate from your hernia operation. And it's absolutely free. And to top it off, George, we're going to throw in this military bedpan, which was purchased for $500 of the taxpayer's money. All right, George, let's bowl for health care. Now, George is stepping up to the ball return. He's looking. Yes, he's actually picked out a ball. It's a rather heavy one. It looks like... Wait, wait. He's, he's faltering. Oh! Oh, too bad. George Walensky has dropped the ball on his foot. Well, looks like that hernia was giving him more trouble than we thought. Better luck next time, George. Well, that wraps it up for today, folks. Be sure to tune in next week when we premiere our new show where the American people compete to pay off the national debt. It's called the $4 trillion pyramid. All right, send him in, please. Hey, man, if it isn't the head honcho, the big cheese, the jumbo jelly bean himself, how the hell are you, Prez? Agent Nicholson. Hey, please, Bill, call me Jack. I feel kind of close to you ever since that wild party down in Florida last summer. Remember those couple of broads and we... Wait a minute. That's classified information, Jack. Oh, oh, sorry, Bill. Believe me, that file is buried deeper than Jimmy Hoffa in the end zone of Giant Stadium. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Now, what is it you came to see me about? Well, Bill... It's the Cuban problem. Well, I'm sure I made the right decision there. We cannot allow illegal Cuban refugees to come into this country and take jobs away from our Haitians. <laughs> we got a real problem here, Prez. All right, tell me about it. Okay, you want the truth? Do you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez, that movie was so good. Sorry, Mr. President. A Cuban refugee by the name of Juan Valdez stole a Cuban MiG fighter plane, loaded up his family, 
and flew it to the United States. A MiG fighter plane? Well, he must have run out of rafts. Anyway, the plane ends up buzzing the Capitol Dome while Congress was in session. Oh, not again. What did the newspapers say this time? Cuban refugee Juan Valdez nearly hits Capitol Dome? No, not that bad. Are you ready for this? It said, Juan flew over the cuckoo's nest. Get out of here! Get out of here! Listen, I'm not making it up. That's what it said, man. Okay, okay, settle down. Uh, <laughs> settle down, folks. Uh, welcome to the annual Liar's Roast Dinner. You know, Ed couldn't be here tonight, so filling in as my sidekick is, believe it or not, former President Jerry Ford. Hi-oh! Uh, did I get that right? Ah, uh, close enough. <laughs> so listen, uh, Jerry, uh, we, we haven't heard from you for a long time. What, what, what have you been doing? Uh, actually, Johnny, I've been spending all my time out on the golf course. Really? Just, just like you were when you were president? <laughs> uh, yes. You see, that way I can spend the day with a group of hookers and Betty doesn't mind. Okay. You'll have to tell me who your writer is. We'll, we'll have him shot. Uh, Dan's also a big fan of golf. I, I did not know that. Oh, yes. In fact, he's written a book on it. It's called The Vice President Putts. The Vice President Putts. <laughs> That, that, that is funny. That is really funny. Uh, John. What? 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 Uh, before we start, uh, could you do Karnak? The answer is an atheist and Dan Quill's bid for the presidency. An atheist and Dan Quill's bid for the presidency. Name two things that haven't got a prayer. Hi, all. By the way, Quayle says if he loses in 96, he's going to try again in 97. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> tonight we have a special guest of honor and a guy we're going to roast who deserves it. Ladies and gentlemen, a guy who kept my career going, Mr. Dan Quayle. Our first speaker is Cher, a woman whose tongue is so long. How long is it? Funny you should ask. It, it is so long she could lick an envelope after it was put in the mail. Here she is. Would you welcome Cher? Oh, 
funny. I, right after dinner, I've got to go down to the local hospital, man. My new boyfriend's being born. Woo! Oh, yeah, babes. Hi, get up. First off, I don't want to say that he's shallow, but if Dan Quayle was a swimming pool, he wouldn't even get your ankles wet. <laughs> this kid thinks NATO is a green hornet sidekick. Well, that's stupid. We all know the guy lives in the back of O.J. Simpson's house. No, wait a second. Correction, it's Robert Shapiro's house now. short. That's my new boyfriend calling. Woo! Far out, babes! Ah, thank you, Cher. Uh, maybe they can go home and share a bottle together. Anyway, uh, you all know our next speaker, the better half of the odd couple. Here's Walter Matthau. Thank you, Johnny. It's good to see you finally got out of the house. How <laughs> about Dan Quayle, our guest of honor? I suppose you've read Dan's new autobiography. During the writing, Quayle hit the spell check and the damn computer blew up. <laughs> of course, he claims he's not illiterate for one simple reason. His parents are married. <laughs> cool it. This problem goes back to childhood. In elementary school, they asked Dan to spell weather, to which he said, W-E-T-H-U-R. They said it was the worst spell of weather Indiana's ever seen. When the teacher told Dan he was having trouble with his vowels, the guy took a laxative. But listen, we love you anyway, you big knucklehead, even though at times you're driving me crazy. Uh, Dad, wait a second, wait a second. How come I didn't get a part here? Because nobody knows who you are. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you, Walter. <laughs> okay, uh, mo moving along, folks. Here is a guy who got us through a recession that was so bad. It was so bad, Snow White had to lay off three dwarfs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. George Bush. Oh, thank you, Johnny. You know, I, I love the Tonight Show. No, no, no. I, I retired in 1992. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. I was busy losing the election with Bill Clinton. But, Johnny, have you heard about the new Bill Clinton designer jeans that came out? No. No, I haven't. They've got no fly in it for men who want to avoid the draft. <laughs> I wish I'd have said that. Dan Quayle? He said doo-doo. He thought Driving Miss Daisy was a porno movie. Takes them two hours to watch 60 Minutes. Wanted me to go into business with him. I said, what kind of business? He said, Mr. President, let's go out to Alaska. I said, what for? He said, we'll, we'll grow frozen vegetables. 
none of these are working, but I'm going, I'm moving. I sent him down to Mexico. He thought manual labor was the president of that country. Then he walked into Taco Bell to pay his phone bill. But the thing is, don't laugh, they took his money. You know, I finally got so annoyed with him, I said, Dan, why don't you just go out and paint the White House? Came back a few minutes later and he said, what color? But I'm not bitter, not bitter about what he wrote, not bitter at all. But let me leave you with the actual words that Dan Quayle said himself. These aren't made up. These are his actual words. He said this, What a waste it is to lose one's mind or not to have a mind is being very wasteful. This is presidential material. <laughs> Gonna make a great president. Well, once again, I've saved the best for the last, folks. The Matador of Mayhem the Sultan of Snide, the Roastmaster General himself, Mr. Don Rickles. <laughs> what are you doing here, Johnny? I thought you were a Malibu, counting your money. <laughs> By the way, George, my wife thought of you at the gynecologist the other day. <laughs> she said, read my lips. I hope you jump on your bike and your seat's missing. Where was I? <laughs> oh, listen, listen, you can't blame Dan for the way things are, you know. <laughs> he had a traumatic experience as a child. One Christmas, he went to his parents and he said, I want to watch. And they let him. <laughs> anyway, gang, no, Quail's, Quail's mother was very muscular. She said she got that way from raising a dumbbell. Anyway, gang, <laughs> you pick out the ones you like. I'll just keep talking here. He went hunting one day, and there was a sign on the road that said, Bear Left. So he went home. <laughs> oh, God. I think I'll go back to my old job. Paper! Get your paper! Anyway, where is Dan? Oh, uh, he's on the roof. He's on the roof? Why, why is he on the roof? Uh, well, he got hungry... And someone told him the dinner was on the house. Well, don't moan. Let's go get up there. <laughs> oh, man, what a day. Congress is voting down my bills. Bob Dole is breathing down my neck like some dangerous conservative pit bull. And then to top it off, Burger King was closed for remodeling. Damn. I don't think I'll ever get to sleep. I'm just too wound up. Hmm. What was that relaxation technique the Dalai Lama showed me? Boy, what a fool I was when I met him. Come on, Bill. Couldn't you think of anything more clever to say than, Hello, Dally? Oh, forget it. I agree. Pretty sad. Now, what was that technique he showed me? Oh, yeah. Relax the individual parts of the body until you fall asleep. You start with the toes and work your way up to the head. That's it. Okay, here it goes. Um, toes, fall asleep. I am the president. Fall asleep. <laughs> Feet, fall asleep. Good. 
Ankles, fall asleep. This is working. Legs, fall asleep. Stomach, fall asleep. Bill, it's Hillary. How do you like my sexy new see-through nightgown? Everybody up! <laughs> Gossip, gossip, gossip. Oh, yes. Did you hear? Madonna bought a new Learjet. Oh, it has hair under its wings. <laughs> the tramp. Anyway, I'm so excited about our first guest. He's a politician whose experience in foreign affairs is limited to lunch at the International House of Pancakes. I love that line. Bill Clinton. Yay. Thank you, John. It's good to be here. Oh. And after what's happened to me, it's good to be anywhere. <laughs> Bill, how are you feeling? Terrific. This morning I jogged three times around Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you gained ten pounds. What are you doing? Jogging backwards? Police! <laughs> oh, now, Bill, tell us, what are your priorities as president? My first priority as president is saving jobs, especially my own. <laughs> Listen, people want to know about the special interest in Washington that controls your every move. Uh, Joan, you promised we weren't going to talk about Hillary. Oh. <laughs> well, just one question then. How does Hillary feel about you running in the next election? Well, the same way I feel about it. Well, how do you feel about it? I don't know. She hasn't told me yet. Oh, sure. Can you give us a little information on the budget? Yes, I can, Joan. You know, working on a budget is a lot like being a rabbi, because you have to be very, very careful what you cut. What a tramp! Oh, listen, how are you doing with Congress? I've set forth a plan to keep the boys in Congress on their toes. How's that? I'm raising the urinals 12 inches. <laughs> That's a stretch. Oh, listen... How's the health care issue coming? Where is the money really coming from? We're working that out right now, Joan, but people like Bob Dole want to get the money by sticking it to the patients. And frankly, I think a coin-operated bedpan is unacceptable in this country. <laughs> Bill, Bill, do you ever get tired of people like Bob Dole picking on you? No, Joan, I think people would criticize Jesus if he was born in Washington. Oh, Jesus! Born in Washington? I don't think so. Oh, why not? Oh, you'll never find three wise men and a virgin. Oh, sure. I love that line. Listen, one final question before you go. Do you see a bright future? I see a country where there's no poverty, no bigotry. I see a country, Joan, where there's no unemployment, Clean air, clean water, clean streets. I see a country where there's no tornadoes, no earthquakes, no floods. I see... I see... 
What do you see? Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland. That's what I see. Switzerland. You're a great audience, everybody. you just heard was a little bit of Rich Little from the album Unclear and President Danger. My friends, you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. My name is Ed Clayton, and once again, friends, portions of this program, if performed correctly, may contain material that could be considered offensive or unsuitable for some listeners. Kind of like Florence Foster Jenkins here. If you are offended by such material, you don't have to listen. You can turn the radio off, tune to a different station, and remember to return to WAFE at 5 a.m., when the good pastor and sister Walker shall be along to present Open Your Bible. All right, friends, stick around. We have much more to come your way. Almost live, nearly from Hollywood and in color. Cowboy Dick with some nuts. No problem, partner. Introducing Cowboy Dick with nuts so big you can hardly wrap your lips around them. My youngins love Cowboy Dick. Ma'am, fill your posse with my Cowboy Dick. Oh, Cowboy Dick. Here, try it. How is it? I can't talk. My mouth is full of Cowboy Dick. She's smiling. She's smiling. Fill your mouth with my cowboy dick. Available in your grocer's freezer. Ooh, once you've had your first cowboy dick, you won't ever go back. Crotch odor can ruin your life. For example, Robin James graduated with honors with an MBA, yet couldn't buy a job. She always heard, your crotch odor will drive away business. And Susan Brown, she couldn't enjoy a normal sex life because of all the vomiting over her rotten crotch. Crotch odor can even cost you your life. That was the case for Valerie Colbert. She was camping when a bear attacked and killed her. Did you know bears can smell crotch odor from miles away? If your crotch stinks, wash it. If that doesn't work, get crotch it and people will like you again. Crotch it. Use only as directed. What's happening, baby? This here's Mo Fugger, brewer of the world famous Mo Fugger Malt Lilkwa. This Mo Fugger is the best day is. I brew this motherfucker using an age-old family recipe with only the finest barley, malt, hops, and secret yeast. This motherfucker will knock you out. 
Look at the head on that motherfucker. Damn. So if you want a party, wrap your lips around this motherfucker here. Suck it. Suck this motherfucker. That's a smooth motherfucker too, with no heavy aftertaste. We got red motherfuckers, pale motherfucker ale, black and tan motherfuckers too. So ask for it by name. Motherfucker Malt Liquor. Motherfucker Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Howdy! Hi, I'm Spike. And you know, when I'm driving down Route 9W on a hot summer day, me and the missus always stop at Dickens. Dickens Fruit Stand. They've got everything from fruit to vegetables, homemade pies, but there is nothing like their cider. Ain't that right, honey? Uh-huh. Dickens Cider. Yes, sir. Why, even though we were late for church last Sunday, she had to have a little Dickens Cider. Uh-huh. She says there ain't nothing like it. Even my minister says his wife enjoys a little dick inside her now and then. Hey, why don't you bring some home in our protective plastic rib bottle? That way it'll stay fresh. Or you can let it sit a while and have some hard dick inside her. <laughs> it's good at lunch, good at dinner, and there's nothing like waking up with a dick inside her. Dickens Fruit Stain, just off Route 9W and Country Road 69. Open 24 hours, because after a chilly summer night, I like to snuggle up in bed with a hot dick inside. Mmm. It's carpet lick night at Lesbian Pally Dragway. You've never seen anything like it. Women side by side, flicking their tongues at over 300 miles an hour. See drastic plastic. If you attend only one homosexual affair this year, make this the one. Friday night, August 13, there'll be thunder in the valley at Lesbian Valley. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. They say those who can't play, coach. Apparently those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, that's right, mother Thanks to you, our team is armed with game-winning tips like catch the ball and throw it. Shout it out loud. You stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory. Reverse psychology. So here's to you, oh sultan of shouting, because while there may be no I in team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a U. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Good morning, Cincinnati. Bob Shreve here, and I'd just like to say that the Late Late Show is the most despicable program I've ever heard in my life, and I never miss it. I never listen to it, and I never miss it. So roll them, Charlie. Stop making yourself the center of attention! You are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Guns don't kill people. The government does. I know there's a lot of talk going around today about cigarette smoking whittling your life away. I've seen it and I've heard it so many times that finally it just started to prey on my mind. I guess it scared me a little bit. That's why I decided I was going to quit. 
So while I was sitting here forming my battle plan, I took another puff and turned on the fan. I just sat down in my easy chair, thought of all the money I'd wasted on cigarettes all these years. I thought how I'd spend the rest of my days after I kicked this habit my body craved. Said to myself, this ain't gonna be so tough. With that little bit of assurance, I took another puff. <laughs> I took a puff, a puff. Then I ripped off another puff. I decided I about had enough. That breaking this habit won't be too tough. Now, I'll give a lot of thought to this thing. If I didn't smoke cigarettes, I'd feel just like a king. Besides, with the price going up every day, I knew I was just throwing all my good money away. You know, I ain't lit one an hour or so. Just wanted to make sure I could quit, you know. I was thinking, maybe I ought to write all this down, put it in a song. Kind of circulated around. Can't ever tell them I'd make a hit. And I'd have to call it a little bit. Can you imagine me, a hit songwriter? <laughs> where, where did I put that cigarette lighter? After all, it's a habit and a habit you can break. Just a little bit of willpower, son, that's all it takes. Said to myself, you've got to be tough. And with that little bit of wisdom, I took another puff. <laughs> I took a puff, and then a puff. And I finally ripped off another puff, and I decided, oh, this ain't gonna be tough. Besides, I just about had enough. I'm about ready to quit this riding habit anyway. <laughs> oh, I think they ought to take it off television. It looks too good. Oh. I like them skinny ones with the filter. Oh. Give it to me, give it to me. Cigarette. I say, if I quit smoking, what'll I do? Maybe I'll eat. <laughs> yeah, I'll eat cigarettes. Oh, I love it, 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 I love it. Chester B. don't smoke. He smokes logs. <laughs> Makes you laugh funny, too. <laughs> oh, my throat's scratching. I wish I could think of something bad to say about cigarettes. Boo on cigarettes. <laughs> don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. You quit smoking, that'd leave more for me. <laughs> I love it, I love it. No, I don't love cigarettes. You know, don't misunderstand me. I hate cigarettes. <laughs> makes you cough. And when you don't smoke, it makes you shake. I don't know what's worse. To shake or to cough? I think it'll make me a cough shake. Oh! Uh, did you ever smoke? Oh, I remember one time I quit smoking. I quit for three months. My wife left me. So did my children. She took my house and left. It was a mobile home. <laughs> Sakes alive, you won't be one of them CBers, you're gonna have to learn how to ratchet jaw. <laughs> Pay attention now. I'm only gonna play it who you want. Uh, you gotta go running them up in a pick 'em up truck. One of them fancy side bands, get four on the floor, two on the door, get a power mic in your jaw hand. Prepare to strike when you key the mic, cause you never know who's listening. Some clown insists on a 1036, this here's what you give them. Four good buddies.
buddy, I made me a study, and I figure it's dark to the moon, son. It's half past spring and a quarter to fall, and the big hands are setting on noon, son. Now the fish don't bite, and the almanac's right, and my groundhog sees a shadow. The 1036 goes tick-tock-tick, and that's what I call ratchet jaw. Gotta get you a base out there at your place, with a 40-foot pole on the chimney, with a thousand watts in your flower pots, and a remote line of the biffy. If you feel a twitch when you throw the switch, gonna dim all the lights in Wichita. Gonna send out a wave and make a government rave, and this here's what you tell them all. Yeah, for good buddy, you're coming in cruddy, but you're walking right through my wall, boy. Your carry is cool, you making me drool, you were definitely batting my ball, boy. You were hitting me around about 15 pounds, you cutting me up like a bandsaw. But what the heck is just a radio check, and that there's how to ratchet jump. Listen, you, shut up on all them breakers. One breaker's enough. Buffalo oh, Roy. Suppress a belt, just hit your squelch, you can cut off all the carnage. You want to have fun, you son of a gun, just get on the press to talk Swiss. You're going to amuse them and really confuse them with a little old thing called Ratchet Jaw. Yeah, let them suckers think you're a trucker. Say stuff I can't understand, son. Just bounce up and down while they're tooling around. It'll sound like a truck driving man, son. Just tell your beaver that you're going to leave her. You catch her on the bounce around. If she comes back with a smart off crack, say XYL, it's a show and tell. We definitely got us to go now. Keep your pants on, honey, hang on to the money. Your XYM's got to blow now. 88 thirds feeding the bird, and all them numbers upon y'all. If speed don't kill, then CB will, and that's what I call ratchet, y'all. Yeah, 10-4, we got you, breaker. Come back on that. Say, what kind of, not some kind of cock thinking? You put me on, aren't you? This is. I do. I, I. I. I didn't know whether to do this. I'll do this now. I'll do this now. But this, you, yeah, you, I don't do this with every audience. You, you need a certain sense of humour for this. Um, yeah, warped. <laughs> I think you might enjoy it. Okay. Now, this, I found. I, I found something in New York which was particularly close to my heart. And this literally just takes a minute to set up. Just bear with me. Uh, for for quite a number of years now, t at least ten, probably yeah, over twelve years. Uh, back home in England, purely as a hobby, I have been collecting motor insurance claim form statements. You know, great. great, so you know, you know what I'm on about, and uh, there's, 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 there's dozens of them, in fact probably hundreds, I, and, I, and I collect them. What, is, what I'm getting around to, I found some more in New York, and I just, I mean, what I'll do first, I'll read you some, uh, some English ones first, because what happens is, very quickly, if, uh, if you drive around in your car or on bikes, you have accidents. And when you have an accident, your insurance company sends you a claim form. Right? It's a pretty stupid claim form with lots of stupid questions like, you know, what's your name, where do you live? I mean, they've sent you the damn form, surely they know that. <laughs> and on the back of the form is a big empty space and it says at the top, give in your own words a description of how the accident occurred. And this is where you get your chance to write your version down, okay? And so what I'll do is I'll just read you a few English ones to give you the idea. These are genuinely what people wrote on their claim forms when they'd had an accident and sent into this insurance office in London, okay? Things like, and they are genuine. People ask me if I've made them up. They are genuine. Here we go. I was pulling out of my drive to go to work 
and drove straight into a bus. The bus was five minutes early. I bumped into a lamppost which was obscured by human beings. home I drove into the wrong drive and collided with a tree I haven't got. <laughs> the accident was caused by me waving to the man I hit last week. <laughs> so, here we do. Much to my delight, much to my delight, I was in New York and I was reading... I was reading this article, it's a photostat of what I found. And you do exactly the same things as we do. Only much better. <laughs> These are genuine New York motor insurance claim form statements. Uh, the pedestrian had no idea which direction to run, so I ran over him. <laughs> The guy was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. <laughs> I told the police I was not injured, but on removing my hat, I found I had a fractured skull. <laughs> I had been driving for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> this is my all-time favourite, really. I saw a slow-moving, sad-faced old gentleman as he bounced off the hood of my car. Thank you very much, San Francisco. Good night. This is Ajax Pet Store. Pet Store? Ajax Pet Store. Okay. Is it Fred? Uh, who's Fred? That's my dog. Oh, did you lose him? He ran away. Oh, uh, too bad. What did he look like? Like Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> Except he ain't got no tail. Uh, oh, no tail. No, I haven't seen a dog like that all day. Hey, Fred. No, he's not here, sir. Hey, Fred. No, he's not here. Believe me, he's not here, and don't lean on that birdcage. I'm sorry, that's a nice little birdie. That's a nice bird, isn't it? I love birdies. Oh, do you like birds? I hate the bird calls. <laughs> Miami to a bird call? Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's sensational. What kind of bird was that? <laughs> well, what was it? That was the canary. A canary. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't pet that snake. Snake! <laughs> That's a diamondback rattler. That cost me $150. Well, they say you come and they pounce. <laughs> Why do you say that? Look at the tongue on that sucker. It's split right down the middle. Say, 
Did you steal one of my white mice? I beg your pardon? Well, there's a white mouse crawling out of your pocket right now. That's my mouse. Your mouse? Conrad. Conrad? My arm was like a bird. I'd like to hear that. Stand by. Conrad! What's like a bird for the man, Conrad? <laughs> no, you can't fool me. I saw your lips move. Hey, your ape is getting away. That's my son. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're sorry. I hope he didn't leave on my account. No, he's going out back. He's going to feed uh, the hawk. What a hoxie. Mice. Mice. Conrad! No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. The hawk is in a, is in a cage. Don't fret. Fred. No. <laughs> no, Fred is not here. He's not in the pet store. Can I have a pound of those fish? Those fish are deadly. Deadly? They're South American piranha. Well, just give me half a pound. <laughs> hey, here comes a dog now. Is that your dog? That's Fred. Come on, Come on, Fred. Hey, he's a beauty, isn't he? Yeah, he's smarter than Lassie. Is he? I see him doing some tricks. Can he do some tricks? I see him. Roll over and play that, Fred. Hey, look at that. He's rolling over. That's beautiful. <laughs> I thought he was dead there, Fred. <laughs> he's getting so good. Yeah. Sit up, Fred. Sit, boy. Look at that. Right up on Sit. the hind legs. That's beautiful. Sit, boy. What else can he do? Well, he, name it. Can he speak? Can he speak? Are yeah. you kidding me? You ready? Ready, Fred? Speak, Fred. I promised Sears I would tell this story on stage every night until the lawsuit settled. I had my van down in uh, Savannah, Georgia. I bought this big two-story custom van back when I was married. I forgot to tell you this. I, uh... It was kind of cool. I had the James Bond couch in the back where you push a button and the couch in the back automatically turns into a bed. I'm like, well, that's cool. I finally got something over those Mercedes-Benz driving in-laws of mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I first bought the van, I was real proud of it. And I took it straight over to my brother-in-law's house to show it off because he's such a prick. And uh, he takes one look at my new van. He goes, I can't believe you didn't buy a Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> They don't make a van. <laughs> Ron, I don't think you fully understand the intricacies of Mercedes-Benz engineering. Why, I got the three-inch windshield wiper that keeps my headlight clean in a rainstorm. <laughs> I got a place to... F your sister. I don't know why they didn't like me. Anyway, I had the van down in Savannah, Georgia. I didn't like the way the tires were wearing on it. I took the van to Sears Automotive, a trusted name in automotive service. <laughs> Takes them three and a half hours to change four tires. Apparently, they had to whittle one of them out of a piece of wheat. 
I pay them $580 of my hard-earned money. I take a right-hand turn out of the mall. The left rear wheel falls off. It falls off. It falls the fuck off. Turning my van into a tripod. Spinning me into a dimension of pissed off I've never been in before in my life. This guy was a tired guy. That's all he did. He didn't some days work on transmissions. He was a tired guy. Sears, I found out later, had sent him to tire college for three days. Well, apparently he was sick on lug nut day. But they still let him work on my van. So I'm suing them, and I hope that next year they have to change the name of Sears Tower in Chicago to Ron White's big old fucking building. You guys can all come over and party, too. I'm going to have a lot of room. Think we ought to clean up, Ron? Fuck no, move to another floor. Will Conga up there. Somebody grab my butt. Uh, howdy, folks. It's your local mechanic here. And, well, I'm trying to diagnose this here car, so... Uh, I, I, I was hoping the internet pictures would help me... Uh, to figure out what happened and well what exactly uh, is going on underneath this here thing so apparently the the customer heard some um, click 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 noise and and then all of a sudden there was a loud boom um, and then I guess something rolled underneath underneath the car I don't know that kind of all the information I got you know just the click 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 noise so it kind of led me to think well maybe I don't know, maybe it's something like that, I don't know. Kind of looks like a horse, doesn't it, with a halter on there, so... Well, come with me, folks, and see if we can figure out what happened to this here car. Um, and, and figure out the click, click, click noise. I mean, you don't... You don't necessarily have to have a click, click, click noise to help you diagnose a car, but... Well, it helps, and... Well, you don't necessarily have to have the internet either to help you diagnose a car, but... Which sure helps, it does help! Now, underneath this here car, and we'll start finding this stuff, like that right there. And all, all through here, it seems to be all on the control arm too. Uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, come with me. Uh, it, it's possible. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a dog. I don't know. Let's, let's go look some more. Remember, you don't, you don't have to necessarily have to have a, a click, click, click sound, but well, it helps. Never stop seeing all this right here. I got the feeling that there's a good possibility we may not have a Christmas this year, folks. I think somebody took out one of Santa's reindeers. And when I say they took him out, I mean they took him out. Well, I mean it. 
You don't have to take out a reindeer with your car, but what else does it help? Somebody's got to clean all this up. I don't know who's got to clean it all up. It would help to know who's got to clean it all up, folks. So come back with me. I'm going to show you how i got to clean all this up. You ain't got to clean it from underneath the car, but... Oh, it helps. It sure does help. moment in time that I believe that we completely lost our minds occurred in January of 1998. I was watching CNN when it occurred. It was 9 o'clock in the morning and they announced that the President of the United States may or may not have had oral sex with a 21-year-old in the White House. And that that, and now I'm quoting, wasn't the bad news. And I hadn't, I hadn't had coffee, but I thought, that's pretty bad news. How could that not be bad news? How could that not be bad news? But what else did he do? Did he break into the zoo and blow an elephant? <laughs> and they said, no. The president may have made the young girl lie. Oh, how horrible. Made her lie? That's still not the bad news, you idiots, because in order to make her life first, he would have had to take his out of her mouth! <laughs> and the next day, and this is how I know we completely snapped, a discussion began that was so psychotic in nature I could not believe it. And it went on for months. And the discussion was, is oral sex adultery? And I thought, when did that go up for grabs? <laughs> How did I miss that? God, where was I when the principal said it's Friday and we'll be having fish sticks? And with the weekend coming, remember guys, blowjobs don't count. <laughs> oral sex has to be adultery or I spend a lot of money in therapy for nothing. Is oral sex adultery? Yes! That's the end of the fucking argument. There's nothing to discuss. If curling is an Olympic sport, <laughs> then oral sex is adultery. And oral sex should be an Olympic sport. I would like to see that. Ice skating, then blowjobs. I certainly would stay through whatever commercials they had. I think oral sex should be an Olympic sport because it's harder than curling ever has been. And if you're any good at it, you deserve a medal. Everybody in this country wanted Bill Clinton punished on one level or another. Nobody really wanted him impeached, but they wanted him punished. And so they turned to the Republican Party and they said, come on, get the little prick. And so the Republicans took out their rifles, got them in their sights, then turned the rifles around and went, bam! You want to learn one thing from this whole fiasco? If you're going to hire a lawyer to nail somebody, you don't hire somebody like Ken Starr. If you want to get somebody 
If you was an asshole, you don't hire a bigger asshole. Because then the bigger asshole makes the asshole look like it's just a rectum. The way in which the Republicans and Ken Starr decided that the president could be nailed would be by showing his videotaped testimony on television. Three and a half hours. I watched it because I'm a fucking idiot. If you didn't watch it, you didn't miss anything. About 20 minutes into it, I had a fork and I was trying to puncture my own eardrum. It's going, shut up, shut up, you can be the president, just shut up. He began his testimony by saying to the prosecutors, can you define for me what you mean by the word alone? I thought, this is going to be one long fucking day. He doesn't know what the word alone means. He's got to know what the word alone means. If he doesn't know what the word alone means, that means he thinks those voices in his head are other people. And then I flipped to the other channel at the UN. He hadn't even spoken. He was just standing in front of him. They were giving him a standing ovation. They were screaming, you got a blowjob, you got a blowjob. I wish we could have gotten a blowjob. And then I flipped back and he said to the prosecutor, can you define for me what you mean by the word is? And the prosecutor said, jizz? And he said, no, is. And I said, you know what the word is means. That's the first verb you learn in any language. It's the verb to be. It's the verb of existence. It's why you went out to get your winky wet. And then I flipped and they were screaming at, at the UN, we want cigars, get us cigars. And then I flipped back and he said, well, I wasn't really screwing her, Your Honor, because you see, if you put a prophylactic on your finger, you put the finger in your ear. I ain't fucking my ear, am I? And I kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And just before I passed out, I thought if it weren't for my horse, I wouldn't have spent that year in college. I actually thought that he should never have been the president. I, it never made any sense to me. Because he was running to be the president initially, he said something that was so astonishing I could not believe it. He said, over a hundred times he said this. He said, one of the great accomplishments while I was the governor of Arkansas was to take my state in education from 50th to 49th. And I thought, you know, Bill, you should probably keep that a secret. You have any idea how shitty a school system's got to be to be 50th? <laughs> Three years ago, Alabama was 47th. And the people of Alabama were so upset, they sued the state. That means the people of Alabama sued themselves. <laughs> they said, I'm taking your ass to court. I'm going to get me a lawyer, and I'm going to squeeze your nuts, Bubba. You'll never have another proper dental plan again. 70. 70% of the schools in Alabama did not have microscopes. 70%. So you know what they do? They show the kids a picture of a microscope. If your school doesn't have the common sense to have a fucking bake sale and buy a couple of them, then don't have a school. Just wake the kids up and show them a picture of a school. And then you can take the kids to Denny's and they can memorize what's on the Grand Fuck Slam. <laughs> Unbelievable. If you're 50th in education and 70% of the schools in Alabama don't have microscopes and they're 47th, what is your curriculum? 
That means they got to be taking the kids, they got to be taking them to school, they feed them Cocoa Puffs for two hours, then they open the door to the school and they let the kids run and run, and whoever hits the most trees gets an A. Oh, look, Johnny poked his eye out on a roll. You're going to have to bring it in. We need proof. Why would you say that? Why would you say my school system is truly off the shitty, shitty, shitty? But now we are proud to tell you it's stinky, farty, smelly. We can almost get near them. How do you take a school system from 50th to 49th? What's the miracle? Pencils? Oh, uh, no, Johnny, you won't have to write in the dirt with that stick anymore. If you come back to school, we found paper. I actually have a theory. A lot of people don't like it. <laughs> I think they shot some dumb kids. <laughs> they didn't kill them. They just nicked them in the arm. So they go home and say, no, Pa, I don't think they like us here in Arkansas. Can we move to Alabama? Yeah, I, I firmly believe, after Bill Clinton, that Bill Clinton alone is reason enough not to elect anyone from Arkansas president for a hundred years. <laughs> and if that is not sufficient for you, then I have something to read you. This is from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm kind of surprised that Arkansas has a newspaper. I am. I'm shocked because since they didn't know that, you know, that uh, oral sex was adultery, I thought maybe they'd get in their news while sitting around the cracker fuck barrel. <laughs> Two local men were seriously injured when their pickup truck left the road and hit a tree near Cotton Plant. That's the name of a town in Arkansas. Cotton Plant, Arkansas. If I was a child and born and raised in Cotton Plant, when I could purchase a gun, which would be at what age? Nine? I would have slept with that gun every night and had the muzzle in my mouth. <laughs> Thurston Poole, 33 of Days Ark, and Billy Ray Wallace, 38. Well, imagine that a Billy Ray was involved. <laughs> Are listed in serious condition at Baptist Medical Center. The accident occurred as the two men were returning to Days Ark after a frog gigging trip. <laughs> frog gigging or frog sticking is how armed with a small pitchfork you catch frogs from the Bayou Bank. Frog legs make a tasty supper. So apparently when the Dow Jones went over 11,000, it had no effect on our boys. <laughs> on an overcast Sunday night, Poole's pickup truck headlights malfunctioned. The two men concluded that the headlight fuse on the older model truck had burnt out. And as a replacement fuse was not available, Wallace noticed that the 22 caliber bullet from his pistol, which I guess he was carrying, because in case you can't stick the frog, you like to blow the little fucker's head off. <laughs> he noticed that it fit perfectly into the fuse box next to the steering wheel column. Some of you, I can sense, can, can see what's going to unfold. Upon inserting the bullet, the headlights again began to operate, and the two men proceeded eastward toward the White River Bridge. After 20 miles and just before crossing the river, the bullet apparently overheated. <laughs> Discharged and struck Poole in the right testicle. 
The vehicle swerved sharply to the right, as would be expected. If you want to try that experiment at home, use a hammer. Exiting the pavement and striking the tree. Poole suffered only minor cuts and abrasions from the accident, but will require surgery to repair the other wound. Wallace sustained a broken clavicle and was treated and released. Thank God we weren't on the bridge when Thurston shot his nuts off, or we might have been dead! Said Wallace. I've been a trooper for ten years in this part of the world, said Deputy Snyder, but this is a first for me. I can't believe those two would admit how the accident happened. And upon being notified of the wreck, Lavinia, Poole's wife, asked how many frogs the boys had caught. And did anyone think to get them from the truck? If that is not enough proof, I got more. Little Rock, Arkansas. A man used a cigarette lighter to peer inside a gasoline can. <laughs> setting off a fire that destroyed his mobile home. He was trying to determine whether there was water in the can. Wouldn't you pour some of it out and... <laughs> I rest my case. Now, you know, even though I've enjoyed spending time with you this evening, I'm not a people person. Thank you and good night, Madison. Black with Arkansas and Clintons. Your local mechanic, but it helps. Ron White, Sears Tire. Hudson and Landry, Ajax Pet Store. Jasper Carrot, Car Insurance Claim Form Statements. C.W. McCall, Ratchet Jaw. And Jerry Reed, Cigarettes, Another Puff, began the last set. My friends, 439, what say we take care of some pubic cervix announcements? As we rip these guys off of the bathroom type dispenser roll. <laughs> My friends... Investing in today's market is becoming increasingly complex and many people are turning to financial advisors for guidance. The experts offer these suggestions for you for finding the right one. Get references from those you trust. Ask for resumes. Interview your top choices and ask how and when your goals will be achieved and what the fees will be. And review their records. This may seem like a lot of work, but remember, you're embarking on a long-term relationship that'll affect your financial well-being for many years to come. 
And when when you think of drug abuse amongst kids or teens, alcohol and marijuana probably come to mind first. Each year, more people are abusing another group of substances called inhalants. The abuse of inhalants is also called solvent abuse, huffing, glue sniffing, or volatile substance abuse. Inhalants can cause serious side effects, even death. If you're a parent, become educated on inhalant abuse. This message from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And want to get wacky on WAIF? Then tune in to the Novelty Records radio show, Saturday night, Sunday morning, midnight to 2 a.m. Join your host, the rock and roll doctor, as he plays the very best in comedy, novelty, and dementia music. My friends, it is a show of fun, music, and laughter exclusively on WAIF 88.3 Cincinnati. For more details about the show, check out the website at www.djrockdoc.com. Also, friends, this hour of The Late Late Show has been underwritten by Vibe In. They're presenting a day party with DJ and art show, 3 to 6 p.m. That'll be followed by a comedy show titled The Funniest Place in Town featuring Double D and Leon Rogers, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. This will take place July 22nd at the Williams Francis Center, 6819 Vine Street. Ask about the VIP special. For more information, you can always call Mona at 804-687-9233. You can call Reginald Joyner at 513-846-0989 or Ron Williams at 513-252-6248. Again, Vibe In, presenting a, a day party with DJ and Art Show and a comedy show titled The Funniest Place in Town, featuring Double D and Leon Rogers, July 22nd at the Williams Francis Center, 6819 Vine. You know, guys, I, I hadn't played this thing in a while. <laughs> I guess I better tune up, huh? Is that how it goes? I took the nation by landslide And we were rolling along But now I'm flat on my backside Wondering where I went wrong Well, I get a funny feeling Every time I turn on the news Oh no yeah, there's no doubt about it I got the whitewater blues I got the whitewater blues The press won't leave us alone I got the whitewater blues And I just want to go home Well, I heard Hillary say It's gonna be okay Just keep talking about health care And they'll go away all oh, but meanwhile I got the white water blues. Blow a little bit. 
whitewater blues I'm in a state of denial I got the whitewater blues They're gonna put me on trial I should have burnt those files But Hillary says that they don't have a clue But if they catch me, buddy, she's going down to Oh, they're getting to me Those nasty whitewater blues Oh man, I'm out of here in 96. Hi, this is Bill Clinton with another message from your friendly IRS. If you think that forgetting a couple of sources of income is okay and throwing away those 1099s doesn't matter just because the president did it, well, you better forget it because you can't kid a kidder. Pay your fair share. I do when they make me. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> nice job you did there in Haiti. <laughs> What's going on, dude? Oh, well, I'm fulfilling my part of the agreement by finishing up some sugar rock lapel for General Cedrus. Well, uh, look, Jimmy, I need, uh, well, <laughs> to ask another favor of you. What? Do you need me to go to North Korea and pull your peanuts out of the fire one more time? Well, not exactly, but I need your help on something that's really top secret. I need you to build me a secluded cabin way out in the woods so I can get away from her at all. Something like a two-bedroom, one-bath? No, no, just just a one-room with a jacuzzi. That'd be great. Should I call Hillary for decorating ideas? No, uh, I, I wouldn't bring it up. Uh, it's a surprise. Well, okay, Mr. President. Well, I'll have to go back to work now. But I must say, the American people couldn't have elected someone better suited to make me look good by comparison. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> See you later, man. Bye-bye. Hey, Ruba, Jamaica. Hey, we're gonna take it. In my Caribbean sea. On the island of Haiti. In the name of democracy, I had to take a stand. They wanted Aristide. Had to maintain my viability Now some folks think it's insanity Who needs a strategy If it helps you in the Aruba, Jamaica Hey, we're gonna take you The Nassau, Bahamas Better run for mama Look out, Bermuda We'll be coming Ooh, to you Cause you'll never know Who I might go after If the ratings get low could be Fidel Castro to help me in the hole. That's right, I seek a macho man mystique. Now I'm more at ease when I make foreign policy. Cause I know if I screw up, well I got Jimmy there. And everybody knows Showing strength helps the numbers grow. Banana Republics beware. Hey, it might be you next time to help me in the Aruba, Jamaica. Hey, why not Grenada? Nassau, Bahamas, better run for mama. 
look out, Bermuda will be coming to you. Watch cause you'll never know who I might go after if the ratings get low. Could be Fidel Castro to help me in the polls. You know, we have reports of sexual harassment down in the Bahamas. And that's why we're monitoring the situation very closely. Doesn't Aristide have a cousin down in Grenada? Yeah. I'll give him a call around November. That'll get us over the hump in 94. What do you think I am? The bow tie walking down the street. If he were Caucasian, yeah, you know he'd wear a sheet. A Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan can. The Farrakhan can cause he makes his race and hate and makes the clan look good. Oh, who can wear a big smile? I never did that to Jews. Oh, I hope he's not like Martin. Because like if he had a dream, it would be a nightmare and it'd make you want to scream. A Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan can. A Farrakhan can cause he mixes race and hate and makes the clan look good. Some Jews did that. Why did you paint him white? Mr. President, Congressman Rostenkowski here to see you. Okay, send him in. Thanks for seeing me, Mr. President. Danny, you know, I can't tell you how I feel about your indictment. I'll just have to sing. Oh, Danny boy, the feds, the feds are calling. Bob did his best, now there's nowhere to hide. Your power's gone, our health care hopes are falling. 
Oh, Danny boy, I need you on my side. But call me back when you get out of prison. When Bob knows hush and we're leading in the post. And then we can call a special session. Oh, Danny boy. Oh, Danny boy, I need you so. I wish that we could pass new legislation and change the law so you won't have to go. Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy, I need you so. Oh, Danny boy, oh, Danny boy, I'll miss you so. That touched me, Mr. President. But you know, if I'm convicted, I, I can't come back to Congress. Huh. Oh, well, uh, I'll talk to you later. Hey, look, uh, look at the time. Hey, I hope things work out for you. See you later. Bye. Most of the people that die with heart disease and cancer are our elderly population, you know, and we all will probably die with something. She walks up to the press She's got her navy blues on I see the wheel spinning in her head As she steps up to the microphone Listen There she goes again Who knows what she's gonna say this time That's really the wonderful part about it There she goes again She's gonna tell them just what's on her mind Yeah, you can bet on that Destroying our bright young people. Cause she's my hometown girl. And she's your doctor now. Yeah. Now, cause she used to be mine. Yeah. She used to be mine back in Little Rock. She wants to ban cigarettes. Along with the Marlboro Bill Campbell. And legalize cocaine. A good drug. Well, is she really that progressive? Maybe she's just insane. I'm not downplaying that. I ain't gonna tell her. There she goes again, whipping out another fatal line. Each day. There she goes again. She keeps my reputation in a bind. And that bothers me. That's okay. Cause hey. We've not found the cure for this disease. She's my hometown girl. And she's your doctor. And I all will probably die with something. Cause she used to be mine. Uh, she didn't mean that. Senator, we're going to lose our entire society. What she meant to say We are losing 
the people that's going to pay my social security, and that bothers me. And I do feel that we would markedly reduce our crime rate if drugs were legalized Joshua. in regard to masturbation. I think that that is something that uh, is it, a part of human sexuality, and it is a part of something that perhaps should be taught. I've heard Eric Kleckner, the musician, is putting on this event in support of uh, leukemia, AIDS, and cancer. So I think that that's really the wonderful part about it. But listen, I like Eric Kleckner. Coming soon from White House Productions, Washington, as seen through the eyes of a man with a childlike intellect, he's Forrest Gore. People call me Forrest, Forrest Gore, you know. It's funny how things work out sometimes. I wasn't always vice president. A few years back, I was in the Senate. And then, for no particular reason, Bill Clinton asked me to run with him. Forrest? Forrest Gore? <laughs> Why should I pick him? Well, Mr. Clinton, he's a man of integrity, credibility, solid family values, and Vietnam War experience. Forrest Gore brings to this ticket everything... Everything you're not, Bill. <laughs> a few months later, I was in the White House, and you know, for some reason, being vice president came very natural to me. I'm glad we're here together in the nation's capital, Mr. President. Forrest, I don't know why I keep taking advice from that woman. It well, my mama always said, stupid is as stupid does. Well, um, wh wh what's that mean? See Washington through the eyes of a man with a room temperature IQ. Forrest Gore, coming soon to a theater near you. My mama says your foreign policy is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get next. This will put the capper on the Late Late Show for this week. What you heard last was Paul Shanklin from the album Clinton, The Early Years. All right, friends. Uh, that'll toe tag and body bag Late Late Show number 207 this time around on this 4th of July. Have a good one. Have a safe one. But enjoy it. As for me, Ed Clayton, I am out the door, up the road, to down the street, around the corner, and by some accounts, I'm over the hill. Have yourself a great 4th of July. Coming up next over most of these stations, the good pastor and sister Walker in with Open Your Bible. 
At the top of the hour, you're in tune with what radio was meant to be. This is WAIF Cincinnati. Mm, bye. <laughs>